0: And this makes no sense to me, but here in the States, you know, like the top three or four movie on Netflix is Outbreak. And I just, I can't for the life of me understand why people would choose to watch a movie that they're living. I just, <laughs> it's
1: just like... Not Especially when it's quite the extreme version of what we're handling.
0: <laughs> this is not sort of like, oh, it's happening somewhere else in the world. It's like, it's happening down the block. Everybody and welcome to the Human Element Kara's podcast on modern marketing. This is episode four of our mini series on the COVID nineteen virus entitled "The Virus." Today we have Richard Frampton, who's head of strategy and solutions at Dan Media in China. And I am so excited, Richard, to have you on. I have been an admirer of your work here for months as you've been putting together sort of reports on your experiences in that market. I've been very fortunate to be a reader of those, so I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Robert. It's uh, it's great to be here. We've also been following the the pod, especially the last couple of episodes, as you've been exploring the virus situation. There's a whole team here who've been working on on the reports that we've been sending out across our network, and hopefully, they're proving to be of some use in this in this amazing time. So let's start at the amazing time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Obviously, as I say, you know, in the beginning of every one of these. These are unprecedented times. You know, This is not once-in-a-generation stuff. This is once-in-a-hundred-years-plus stuff. Obviously, in the Chinese market, you guys have been dealing with this situation for longer than anywhere else. Can you just start by telling a bit of your story of the past three months?
1: We're running out of superlatives for this situation now, aren't we? It's definitely unprecedented. It's definitely a new experience for all of us, especially in, in our industry, which has only been around probably for, for less than that, that hundred years that you've just mentioned, so, so everything is new here. I could tell you stories about the experience here in China, which would go on for way longer than we've got on this podcast. Safe to say it's been a pretty amazing ride here in China since we first started to see the impact just before Chinese New Year. I mean, it's only a couple of months ago that really we we started to see everything develop here since then obviously we've we've had entire cities, entire provinces kind of locked down or, or staying at home here in Shanghai. We spent just over a month at home, really just with infrequent trips to the supermarket. I have a, a dog, so we went outside to walk the dog every now and then. but the majority of that time we were working from home. We were connecting with with our colleagues and our clients through through digital channels. But we've actually been back in the office already for a couple of weeks now here in shanghai so so we're really hoping that the the worst is over for china and I think we're, we're seeing cases come through in a trickle, really mostly they're coming from overseas now so touch wood the the kind of domestic situation here is is over the worst of it, which is puts us in a very strange situation of now being on the outside looking in at this whole situation continuing to develop across the world so i'm just hoping we can kind of share some of our, our learnings and experience
0: let's dive into that because that's exactly why we wanted to have you on what have you learned through this process working with clients what have been some of the most important things that you've learned alongside
1: your clients Really, the, the the most important thing that I've taken out of this is the human situation, the human response. Since January, we've been witnessing and, and participating in an extraordinary coming together of humanity with a common goal of defeating this virus and, and defeating this situation. Here in, in China, almost overnight, 1.4 billion people completely changed their behavior, their, their routines, their lives were put on hold. Because of the virus, it was amazing to see it unfold. And that affected, we say brands, but brands are driven by humans. Uh, so it affected our clients and, and it affected our teams just as much as it was affecting everyone here in the market. So, so really, I would say the, the biggest thing I've learned is that we're, we're all in this together we're playing our part as people, brands are playing their part as part of society. And it's already driven by this kind of united determination to fight, to win and and to protect everyone around us.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the most inspiring things, you know, now being in our own version of it, it's inspiring to think about what the society there has accomplished, you know, having now been in, I've been, Sort of stuck in my house here for going on 10 days. And so to think about, you know, four weeks or six weeks, that's no small thing. (laughs) I have a much broader appreciation for that than I did even a couple of weeks ago.
1: It's just about finding the little things that make that bearable. I mean, finding a a good spot for your home office and and making sure that you you still kind of delineate work time from family time and home time is, is something I think we've learned on that human side of things pretty steeply here making sure we we still disconnect and still make sure that that home doesn't just become our office.
0: I think that's really good advice. I know I've been sort of preaching that to the team and and I keep trying to keep that in my own mind because it's very, very easy to, you know, do the early call at five and, you know, do all the stuff in the morning and then do a couple calls at night and then do a pod at 7.30 like you and I are doing tonight. (laughs) And, And the next thing you know, it's like, I've been doing this for 16 hours today. So what are some of the big changes in consumer behavior that you've seen in terms of media, but also participation
1: with brands and with platforms? The situation here started in a very strange place because it was during the Chinese New Year period when everyone was, was heading home or was at home or had their plans to travel home disrupted by the situation. Chinese New Year is always a time of heavy... TV viewing, heavy use of digital platforms, because most people are are off work. And so that as a staging point for everything kind of set the scene a little bit and and really just, it was an amplified version of Chinese New Year from the point of view of media consumption behavior, really. We saw higher than ever TV viewing figures. We saw the usage of, of digital platforms, short videos, social media going through the roof. Obviously, the uh, use of of news media to try and find out what was going on was amplified massively in the first few days, but then things kind of settled in. Those higher usage figures of, of digital platforms continued, but really the Behavior became very much a case of a very kind of amplified normality, as I'm sure you've seen in in other markets as well. People are kind of catching up on all the TV content and video content that they want to watch as well as keeping an eye on, on the situation. From the point of view of advertisers, obviously, you know, initially you look at it and you go, "Well, there's all these people that are that are watching the places where we put ads, so let's put ads there." But at the same time, that there's a lot of things for us to consider about whether that's the right thing to do, about whether yeah. what we say is the right thing to say, about whether we're even. Well enough set up to deal with any demand that we can create through that situation. So there's there's an awful lot of factors at play that we have to to kind of balance and take into account when we're talking to our clients about how to respond to this situation.
0: What was the toughest decision early on? Do you recall a couple in particular?
1: I think the toughest decisions. I mean, for, from a purely professional perspective, are when you're having to advise clients to to take money out of the advertising plans. Yep. You know, this is something that we. Never really advise clients to do. We don't like to go dark, and actually, our advice in, in general was not to go dark, but to, to scale back where necessary in, in places that we're not going to be delivering any kind of impact, particularly around, like out of home or offline channels. I think the the toughest decisions were really, yeah, just not doing what we normally do and having to to kind of respond very differently.
0: Yeah, to really think about it in a different way. Online gaming, I remember from one of the reports you did, just a a pretty significant growth by my recollection.
1: Yeah, totally. I think, again, it it comes down to, particularly in in that first kind of week, which was a national holiday, and therefore people were were not as connected as they were once, once we started working properly from home. During that first week, online gaming was massive because... There was not the opportunity to go out and see your family and do all the things that we normally do at Chinese New Year here. And so we had to, to find something to occupy ourselves. Online gaming is already massive in China, all of the big social platforms that have kind of engaged into it. And, and really, that just peaked and amplified. The big winners there were obviously the, the same games that are normally getting people kind of engaged here, which are generally kind of the online role play games. But also, there was a somewhat worrying increase in downloads of Plague Inc., which is uh, a virus handling game. So, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, you got lots and lots of inbound questions from clients. Hmm. Do you remember one or two of them that were the most interesting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think what the most interesting thing about this situation was that, you know, this was a time when clients have been reaching out to agency partners and really treating them like partners in a way that we haven't seen ever before. And so we were getting exposed to questions that were kind of way outside of our normal normal discussions. Like real business questions. Real yep. business challenges. You know, yep. the situation disrupts everything inside a company, and especially the epicenter of the epidemic here in, in China was in Wuhan, in, in Hubei province, which is a huge manufacturing and logistics yeah. center right in the middle of the country. And so uh, supply chains were massively, massively disrupted. People staying at home that the delivery guys were were not available. Some of the biggest problems were around getting product to people. You know, we were getting clients coming and asking us how... Can we address this? How can we look at changing what what we do? Are there other people we can get involved in the conversation? And so, you know, we're starting to connect digital platforms who are our partners with those clients and looking at ways that other O2O delivery kind of platforms could help, looking at how we need to adjust communications to where the supply is. And uh, yeah, really juggling some very big, big questions that go outside the normal, you know, how do we put our ad in front of our customers?
0: There's going to be a halo of that. Do you think that one of the unintended benefits of this is that, you know, some of those clients have a broader appreciation for the expertise and skill that maybe we can deploy to a broader range of topics?
1: I would love to think so. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know that makes you happy to think about, Richard. Of course. I mean, I think, you know, we always aim to be true business partners. And the kind of innovation mindset of of our organization, of of Densu is... Very much geared towards taking on some of those big challenges and trying to put our brains onto them and, and help to deliver serious impact into our clients' business. Uh, so yeah, we would we'd absolutely hope that to be the case. If nothing else, the kind of the digital transformation agenda and and the need to stay agile in the way that businesses deal with their supply chains and deal with how consumers connect with them is something that will definitely endure.
0: It's yet another reminder of what we've been learning over the past two decades, which is that, you know, digital has changed and impacted everything. And that the ongoing sort of rumble of that change is truly transformative to every horizontal element of a business. And that when you have one of these material events, it changes the game all over again. And I think it really reinforces the position that that clients have to take in this, in this timeframe, which is, you know, change is unyielding, unending, and it's how you deal with that change and how you partner with the right folks
1: to help you with that change that makes the biggest difference. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're we're totally describing it here as an inflection point. And I think there there will be uh, lasting legacies in terms of the acceptance of change and the need for change that this is driving.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. Do you think the work from home model will change in your market?
1: I think there's a huge impact on the work from home model here. I mean, it was work from home was something that that was kind of an ambition of, of a lot of companies, or at least the flexibility of working from home was, was an ambition for a lot of companies, but it's become an imperative now. yeah. And it's opened a lot of eyes as to how productive we can be when we're not in the office with each yep. other. And I think in, in markets like China, in markets like Japan, where working from home was not necessarily truly accepted within a lot of organizations culturally unaccepted in some ways right absolutely and and i think that that's something that's hugely changed because we've all seen just how how we can keep going and how we can can be very very productive when when we're at home and at at the same time it's it's also highlighted some of the limitations you you know there is a lot to be said for face-to-face collaboration what what we might call micro collaboration which is the, the kind of daily interactions you have with the people around you in the office as well as the tech setup. I mean, I think we've all been struggling with bandwidth and, and with the ability to, to keep going. But actually, the response of digital platforms has been amazing in terms of kind of opening it up and fixing that as quickly as possible.
0: Let's talk about the digital platforms for a second. Obviously, you have a whole set there in your market, which is you know, completely different than what we have in the rest of the world. What have been their best
1: moments of this crisis? Wow. (laughs) The digital platforms, the digital landscape here is completely different from what you would understand of digital outside of China. We have uh, essentially four major players who are Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, and ByteDance, and they dominate the majority of platforms that we use on a daily basis. There are several ways in which they've shone over the last couple of months. Just as we've seen with, with actually Microsoft doing the same thing with, with their Office 365 suite, we've had platforms here who have opened up their productivity and, and collaboration tools and given them essentially premium level for free to, to enterprises in order to kind of keep the economy moving. But really what I think has been incredible is the way that, that in particular, two of the what we call the mega apps here, which are Alipay and WeChat, have actually become part of the fight. And so they've incorporated very central parts of the app ecosystem, like on the home screen, you can access the very latest kind of authoritative data sources about what's going on, about where it is, um, even down to what's happening in your community. And now kind of as we're moving back to trying to get back to normal, they're also the place you go to to create what we have here, which is health codes. So in order to to kind of make sure that we can access our office or the shopping mall, you just literally open up Alipay or WeChat, click a button and you get a a, a QR code that shows that you're not at risk and that you have not been anywhere that that might be dangerous and that you shouldn't be at home and kind of self-isolating at this time. So. They've approached it from all angles uh, and and really have tried to help out in every way. And the other place that that digital platforms have helped is with entertaining people and with making sure that they have enough good content to go through. I mean, one of the first things that happened here was the cinemas shut down, and almost immediately, ByteDance and and other digital platforms were negotiating with with the. Production houses and getting films released onto digital platforms, so that yeah. there is still you no know, fresh stuff coming up.
0: Obviously, Disney Plus, to some acclaim, launched Frozen Two on that platform a couple months early, which I know my daughter, who's sixteen, she was very appreciative of. You know, like, and again, this would require significant work. I'm not trivializing it, but you know, they moved obviously the launch date of the new Bond film. If they had the capacity, they could probably negotiate, I don't know, what, three or four distribution deals with digital platforms and completely release that in a different model and probably still make a material amount of money. Now, it's high risk, right? And I understand, you know, it's a, it's a, a risky way to go. But I'm surprised we haven't seen a bit more of that here
1: in the U.S. Maybe it's coming. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it may come. The big, big franchises like Bond, I mean, they, they actually they do have a responsibility to the theaters as well. There are releases that, that will work well on digital platforms, and I'm sure they will start to come through. And, and I'm sure the, the guys at Netflix, the guys at Disney Plus and, and Amazon are, are negotiating that right now. If you
0: had to give advice to clients in other markets around the world who are, again, you know, somewhere between two and a half and two months behind, you know, the, the Chinese market on this. What would a couple of those points of advice be?
1: I think what we've been trying to do when we're talking to our clients now is to look at it in three stages in terms of how to approach the situation and how to kind of cluster the questions and actions the brands need to be, need to be answering. So we're looking at it in terms of kind of respond recover, and then return. And respond is when it's all kicking off and we need to to react fast. And At this stage, there will be some degree of panic, but obviously you need to try and, and minimize that and look at things as kind of pragmatically as possible. And all of that is going to be based on the immediate needs of the business, immediate behavior changes of people. They're in different places. They're consuming different media. They have very important needs in terms of information that they need, and they don't want to be distracted by 1,001 advertising messages coming in front of what they're trying to see and what they're trying to to get in terms of information. There will be a need to look at your advertising spends, where it's going. Do you need to be pulling back from out of home, from cinema, because those places are empty? Do you need to be reinvesting into digital channels where people are? Do you need to be holding back? Do you need to be dealing with your supply chain and fulfillment issues that we've, we've talked about? it's just really about trying to stay on top of the situation at that time and get things as organized as possible as quickly as possible. Once that kind of initial rush and initial response period kind of starts to go away, then the news starts to be kind of getting a little bit better then, then we're kind of into what we would call the recover mode. And that's when you start to analyze what this, what the impact is, look at what, the longer-term effects are going to be for your category, for your consumers. Every category is, you know, has very different implications because of what's happening here. But people are going to start getting back to their normal routines, whether that's with significant shifts in terms of you know, that routine being at home and in front of the window rather than being in the office. But this is kind of realistically where we're at in China now. And it's about trying to then scenario plan look at all the different kind of outcomes that may happen, look at different timelines and start to work out a step-by-step plan of how to move forward of, of what you need to be communicating, how you can get regain some, some kind of positivity and some momentum at that point. And then the final one would be a, about kind of returning back to normality and preparing for that. Realistically, I mean, even as of two weeks ago, we surveyed our clients and around 77% were already starting to look at the return to normality. And this is about kind of keeping our eye on, on the real-time data, the real-time indicators, see when normality is starting to get back and then work out what that normality is going to be for you as a brand, right? what you need to do.
0: On the return piece, would you suggest that you can't start thinking about that early enough?
1: Absolutely, I think you need to be thinking about that as soon as those kind of initial moments of response are over. You need to be looking at what that normality is going to be. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, we, we're working with brands that deliver good things to, to people, and people are going to want those things back. And so, you have to work out how you're going to respond yep. to that. We're already talking. We have a, a couple of great phrases here about it. One is talking about it as the second spring festival. Everyone's looking forward to the second spring festival, which is when you know we can have. The a proper Chinese New Year kind of celebration. And the second is my absolute favorite new term, which is revenge shopping. So <laughs> you've kept me inside for two months. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shop my heart out. So I love that. I tell term. you
0: what, I've been to China many times. And one of the things I know both about China and the US is that is going to be some significant revenge shopping in both those countries for
1: sure. It's, it's already starting here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is something both our countries would be pretty good at. And thank you for that. That was a, a really helpful and amazing answer, Richard. I really appreciate that. That sort of three stages and then beginning that process of thinking of return just as soon as you get through that initial shock period, I think is really, really good advice. If you had a new product launcher initiative, and I don't know if you had one with one of your clients at the time, would you delay it? And did you delay it? Do you have a story about that?
1: To be honest, if you have a new product launch lined up right now, you've probably already delayed it, or at least considered how to delay it even for a little bit. Or at least there are going to be some major changes to the plan as to how you're going to launch that. But in in all seriousness, yes, we absolutely had discussions about that. And I think the response to it is very different category to category, business to business. As I say, some of those launches were, were impacted by supply chain. Some of them are in a category where the the route to market is incredibly long and the the markers along it are fixed and you kind of have to go. Yeah, you got to go. So, you know, auto clients in particular have been dealing with this where, you know, you've got cars lined up in the supply chain and they have to move. And so you have to get that launch out there. And what we found was that there was a big pivot towards, you know, how can we do this in a virtual way where normally we would be doing this at a car show, the Beijing car show was postponed, how can we do this through, through digital channels? And actually the response there again came from those those digital platforms. And they were already proactively kind of working on how they can use their channels to do that. We had both ByteDance and Tencent launching products that were specifically aimed at helping auto manufacturers create the same kind of level of excitement and, and level of interest around what they were having to communicate about about their launches. The biggest impact there has to be about, you know, considering all of those factors in the decisions about whether to delay or whether to to go and just find a different way. The opportunities to do it in online are something that will be very, very scary. And you have a lot of stakeholders in the business that you need to convince, you know, in in the auto market, the value chain is so massive that you have to get dealers on site and you have to be convincing them how... What you would normally do through local press or out of home is going to deliver the same impact to them through digital channels that they can't see and touch.
0: And that's been a battle for twenty years. So you know, Absolutely. thinking you're going to solve that just because of this crisis in in a month is optimistic, probably.
1: Yeah, but talking about an inflection point, you know, this is the time when honestly, there, the was, there wasn't yep. a lot of choice, yep. and so it, it's created some use cases. And, and you know, we've seen some phenomenal success with. I mean, we, we work with quite a few car manufacturers here in China. We've seen quite a lot of success from these online launches and from moving some of that normally very, very traditional approach to marketing into the those digital spaces. What's been really, really interesting and really challenging is how do you create leads at a time when you have no idea when you might be able to convert those leads. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: It's like flatten the curve of demand, but get it stoked, and then turn it on at the exact right moment.
1: Yeah. You know. Again, the response to that has been phenomenal, and, and actually, what we've then had is dealers getting on board and and helping to create no-touch test drives, for example, where the car ah. is delivered to someone at home, disinfected, and then then the consumer can go and have a test drive. And you know, very, very quickly, making sure that the showrooms were fully kind of cleaned, deep cleaned and, and available and the necessary precautions have been taken to make sure that you could go down to the showroom and look at the car and, and then purchase it.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a question about sports. Obviously, that's been one of the most significant things in other markets, as well as China, has been the shutdown of the Premier League and La Liga and obviously all of the major sports leagues in the U.S. Has there been any progress in the way Chinese sports leagues have started to open up and what that's looked like for marketers?
1: The Chinese Basketball League was shut down pretty early. I'm pretty sure it's not back yet, but I, I don't know the answer Got to it. that.
0: Do you <laughs> have any perspective on the Olympics?
1: We have the news, which is that as of yesterday, it looks like the JOC have requested it to be delayed by a year. Yeah, next year. Yeah, I think that's going to be big. You know, there's We had actually already been working with a lot of our clients on scenario plans for that eventuality because I think the writing was on the wall there to a certain extent that, that this might have to happen. So yeah. we've already been working with the official sponsors and, and with and, you know we have a lot of those in it, uh, that we work with to change the plans for you know what, what's going to happen through the summer where Olympics would have been a major major part of marketing communications. We're, we're already looking at how we can have a different approach to to the summer and one that is much more kind of domestically focused. Rather than than focused on uh, on both the Olympics and the UEFA European Cup as well,
0: the the Euros are gone too. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do this summer. No, so, it's going to be going <laughs> to be dull. It's going to be dull. It's going to be rough. So as China moves out of sort of the isolation period, um, what things do you think will recover the most quickly, or what have you seen start to
1: recover the most quickly? I think the uh, the the recovery is going to be. Done in stages it's going to have to happen cautiously uh, here in Shanghai I mean we're already starting to see some of this this release come to life as I said, you know revenge shopping is becoming a reality here. consumers are already focusing on the bare essentials, but now they're starting to be able to think about buying outside of that and so there will be a relatively quick return to to buying the small things that make life good. So luxury, clothing, homewares, cosmetics, personal care, I think are, are going to recover relatively quickly and probably have a, a, a bit of a, a spike or a bump as people come back and fill up on a few months of, of not being able to focus on those things. I think the longer lead time auto should be should be able to recover. I mean, I think actually we're, we're expecting an uptick of demand, particularly in lower tier cities where we still have a lot of first-time buyers who've probably been Convinced that this is the right time to buy your first car after the restrictions on public transport and, and of course the kind of feeling of autonomy that you get from having your own car and I think domestic travel is something that 's going to going to recover as quickly as possible here as well. I, I would expect it to be encouraged both in words and action from from the government in terms of policy and stimulus to, to try and get domestic travel back online as quickly as possible. We need to get our countries moving again as, as quickly as we can. We know that international travel is going to be affected for a little while at least, but I personally can't wait to get out there and, and explore. And I know a lot of people feel exactly the same.
0: Yeah, you're not alone in that. Last one. And Richard, I can't thank you enough for making the time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Last question. You know, you guys are obviously moving through toward the next phase. But when this thing is well and truly over, what's the thing that you're looking forward
1: to the most? I just hope that we are genuinely moving through to the next phase. (laughs) And I I hope that everywhere else will move there as quickly as possible as well. I mean, I think really like everyone, I can't wait to get back to feeling like I'm on the normal trajectory of my life, you know the most important things for me are about getting out and having meals with my friends. Actually, you know, the biggest thing in surveys that were done here was we want to go and have hot pot with our, with our mates again. That's something that, that absolutely is, is high on the agenda and yeah, travel. I mean, I just want to, I want the world to be as open to me as it was two months ago and yeah. you know, I really can't wait for it to calm down everywhere. And hopefully with, you know, minimal impact on people's lives and people's happiness and just get back out and see the world again.
0: Yeah, Richard, you were absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Hope it's been useful. Uh, You've been been great. You've been great. (laughs) We reserve the right to have you back on. Is that all right? Of course, yeah. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember that you can find The Human Element anywhere you find your pods. Please subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We do appreciate you listening. We'll be back out to you again on Thursday with another episode of The Virus. On behalf of the Kara team, we wish you health and safety, and we'll be out to you again real soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.